My biggest fear is that the more we rely on communication to support remote working, the more we'll lose sight of the fact that, again, I keep coming back to it, that we are social beings that need that face-to-face -face interaction, like humans crave it, the human brain craves it, when that's never going to change. That was Ryan Tamasebi from Hive HR, and this is Remote Control. Thanks for joining us today. With me is Ryan, the Director of People Science at Hive. It's an employee feedback platform and a strategic partner to, well, some of the most well-known companies in, in the UK. Yeah, thanks for joining me, Ryan. No, no, pro no, no problem, Jack. Thanks for having me. I was just taking a look at some of the kind of companies that you've kind of worked alongside in the past. Mm -hmm. There's some like huge names at Amazon, the NHS, uh, Nestle. Mm -hmm. Must be some kind of well, I imagine some very differences in uh, employee experience and engagement between, say, like Amazon and the NHS. Is that something that you would say oh, is true? Oh, it's definitely some differences, but there's probably more um, similarities as well. Like, oh, really? That you wouldn't, you wouldn't perhaps kind of wouldn't spring to mind straight away. I mean, I guess one of the biggest differences is kind of walking into that um, almost a city within a city. The the Amazon campus in Seattle is is very very different experience to. Yeah to walking into a, an NHS trust or walking through the wards of an NHS um, hospital. But, uh, you know, seeing the um, the high-rises and the, the different kind of <laughs> nightclubs and the, the coffee shops and the restaurants and gyms that all surround, um, you know, such a, such a huge site where they're yeah. based out there, you can kind of see that almost, you know, it's not necessarily an employee experience working there, but it's it's like a life experience because you know you, you you're almost kind of encapsulated within one area which has everything you need, rather than it necessarily just being a traditional place of work. And I guess that's where the kind of the word campus comes from with these kind of places like Amazon and Google, in that you can literally spend all of your time oh, yeah, there, a whole life, not, not just the traditional mind to fight. So I guess this idea of a shift. Is, is one of the big differences there and what that looks like. Uh, and obviously the physical environment, the, the space and um, the, you know, how modern the workspace is there. I guess some of the similarities which struck me quite quickly is you know, when you have those conversations with people about you know, how would you kind of capture what it feels like to work here or mm -hmm. you know, how would you describe the culture here, they're, they're very quickly talking about, I think the phrase the first person used was kind of hamster on the wheel. Just, there's just always there's always more work to do and it's, do, it's yeah. just always stuff to do and it's always so fast paced it's relentless uh, if you speak to someone who works in the NHS at the moment they're probably going to say something very similar they might use a different phrase yeah, I feel like but what they're going to try and get across to you is the idea that they have so much work to do and you know they're never really eating into that no. list of things to do it's just constantly piling on them and piling on them there's never a done there's never a done there's never a done and Amazon one of the the conversations we were having there is how can you really almost stop and take the time to think about the employee experience and the culture that you're trying to create and almost try and kind of turn the ship and start moving it in a different direction so how can you actually change the culture for an organization like that given how fast-paced it is and given the nature of the environment in which they're operating it's very very difficult yeah i guess there's all sorts of things that are kind of influencing that from kind of the outside influences to Amazon from maybe politics to uh, consumer behaviour and and, the, and what the buyers are now looking at is is kind of going to impact a company of that size massively. Absolutely, and, and fundamentally, they're they're a very high performing business, right? So you know, if they were if they were really struggling, um, you you would you would maybe think right, okay, there's there's some real kind of cultural ch challenges here which they need to address. And, 
and absolutely there are improvements that they can make but I guess that's what you what really strikes you with an organization like that everything they're very data driven they're always looking for that marginal gain they're always looking for that ability to improve what they're doing and how they do things um, even by 0.5 to 1% but mm-hmm. they're always measuring it they're always getting data to understand them. Um, where those improvements can be made and I guess obviously credit to them that you know they recognize that the people experience the culture is something which they want to look at and they want to make sure that they get even better at um, delivering a great experience for people so that yes they're high performing but it's kind of sustainable high performance in the sense that the people who work there don't burn out and they actually enjoy the time that they work there. Thinking to to this podcast remote control so kind of what kind of caused me to to want to speak to people like yourself other and kind of other people in the internal comms and kind of engage employee field kind of there's a there's a stat that gets kind of banded around quite a lot and it's from the office for national statistics it kind of talks about 50 percent of the workforce working remotely in 2020 mm. and i think when i first heard that i thought that's kind of way too many but then I think about stream go where I work and we've all got that option mm. I'll be getting the train back this afternoon won't be going into the office so yeah there's different ways that can work fundamentally to this podcast I guess the hard-hitting question is do you also work remotely oh absolutely I mean I take I would I would say rather than working remotely I would say I work really flexibly so I, right, okay. I look at how to make my work and my personal life work in, and work around each other and fit perfect, perfectly together. So there's that kind of harmony between the two. And the answer for that to me is to work really flexibly. Yes, sometimes work remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, an example of that is um, two days a week, every week I pick my kids up from school, drop them off in the morning. So that obviously takes that, that kind of shortens the typical working day for yeah. me. So sometimes I will just work from home those days to avoid the additional lost time of driving in or making my way into the, into the city center. Um, or other times I'll kind of catch up and do some work when they when they go down to bed at eight o'clock at night. You know, I I, I tend to work best, particularly kind of sitting down and doing um, desk work. I tend to do that best when it's kind of later in the evening, right, the okay. first thing in the morning. So it's it's making sure that the work that I do is all about what I need to deliver for the business rather than the number of hours that I need to do. And this yeah. is an age old kind of conversation about it's not. It's not the hours you work or when you work, it's the, it, it should be about the quality of the output. And I guess what we focus on here is making sure that everyone has the trust um, to, to, to deliver, but also that kind of clarity around what it is that we need them to deliver. Yeah. So people have that kind of clarity of objectives, they've got that understanding of, of, of what, what value they're adding to the business, but they also have that freedom creative freedom to make it work around all of the other commitments and all of the other things which are really important to people. For me, that is, you know, my, my family, my partner and, and making sure. Uh, so, for example, we've, we've just moved into a new house and the amount of time I've had to be at home to um, be there for contractors, subcontractors yeah. to come do remedial <laughs> work or just do deliveries. And, um, and they're always on time as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. So, a bit of waste. so I've worked from home a lot in the last month, yeah, um, and far, far more frequently in previous months. Now, compare that to my partner's um, employer, you know, and it's not certainly not a criticism of that employer. Uh, it's the nature of her job. She needs to be there. Mm-hmm. She needs to be there. Um, more typical, like nine to five type working hours. Yeah. So, I, you know, if I didn't have the opportunity to work remotely, it'd be really, really difficult. Yeah. Because then. 
if you're not able to be around between nine to five, who, how do you get those subcontractors to come out? Because that's the hours that they work. Yeah. So just that idea of just being able to have flexibility and understand that everyone, that we've got 37 people working here now, that some of them have got children, some of them don't, some of them have got um, different friends and social groups that all have different working patterns and to be able to say to them, look, we want to make it work yeah. however you want. We've just had a developer working out in Florida. Nice. So was, you know, kind of was kind of half a holiday, but yeah. half doing doing some work out there. So he was working out there. We've got one of our other developers over in Thailand with his with his newborn baby at the moment and his wife, and and he's and he's working from out there. So, you know, we can see that statistic that you mentioned. Yeah. You know, we're embracing it and thinking to ourselves, well, look, we're a business in this in Newcastle city centre. And this is where we see our future. We're not. We're not going to kind of move and relocate. This yeah. is where our HQ is. But from a talent pool perspective, we need to really open ourselves up, particularly for the developers. Yeah. And and think how can we make it so that we can actually attract, kind of, really talented developers from all over the world. Because if we've got developers who who have, have we've recruited here, but they're able to work really well for us from all the different corners of the world. Yeah. Why, why shouldn't we why start shouldn't recruiting we? from those corners yeah, of the world as yeah. well to begin with? And, or limit someone's kind of desire to, to do that travel and, and mix up with their work, I guess. Abs- absolutely. You know, we've got, again, you, you look at the demographic, the nature of the people we have here. We have someone who wants to go and travel in New Zealand and, um, for, for, for a few months and, and still continue to do a few days a week. So we're going to support him to do that. What a great experience that'll be for him. The, the challenge is... For, for me, the challenge with remote working comes from that the, 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 the sense of isolation and really feeling a part of it. And, mm. and why I mention that is because the, 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 the three individuals I've mentioned who have, uh, and including myself, by the, by the way, actually, as, as well in this, we've spent, we've started working for Hive, working here, working yeah. in the HQ, being around everyone, feeling that buzz, being around the CEO who injects a great energy, and that energy that, that, that feeds right through the business. It's very different if you recruit someone who starts the journey working yes. remotely to, 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 to make sure they feel as part of it. So it's, it's almost like this idea of, well, we're, look, we're great at having people become part of the Hive family, for, to use a cliche, and then they move on to, um, to, 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 to start working more remotely. But what we haven't necessarily done yet is recruit someone who, from the beginning, is based in a completely different location. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess, like you say, that that comes, I guess, off the back of an opportunity, but brings with it the the challenges of you know being engaged. Like you say, the buzz of working maybe alongside other people is is something that other, some people value and maybe isn't as important to others. And yeah, I guess that's a kind of a whole new different experience for for yourselves at, at Hive and lots of people now that are embracing the flexible work. You mentioned flexible; it's something I I do as well. Um, and it's great, but yeah, there's some times when it would be good to kind of get my head out of my laptop and see that there's someone kind of just on the next desk and find out what they're doing. And, and sometimes the instant messaging is great for communication, but it, it does put up a you know an invisible wall to that usual kind of chit chat that you do have in the office. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I remember in in a previous role working. Um, in Manchester and then after four, four years or so relocating back to Newcastle um, and working on a remote basis and 
I think it's fair to say in terms of uh, level of engagement or, or feeling part of it, yeah. it just it changed. My experience of working for that organisation completely changed. And no, through no fault of theirs, it just it's different. You're not in it. You're not around people. It, it, it became about that once one day every two weeks where I would go down to the office in Manchester and almost kind of going down to talk through you know, what I'd been working on over the previous two weeks and, you know, other than the odd kind of checking in the odd email, you basically are kind of isolated out on your own with a with a with a with, with work to do but no way of kind of really showing what it is you're working on or, or that sense of having someone there to bounce ideas off with, get that bit of support. Um, you know, you find yourself just sitting there working all day, whereas obviously you're in an office like this, a few of you'll get up and nip out and go and have a coffee or a bit of lunch yeah. at lunchtime. Yeah. All of a sudden I felt very, very, very isolated, and um, and and start to find it a real, a real challenge, and uh, yeah, and that, that that start then impacts on your well-being, things like that. And obviously, you you know from um, um, speaking to me, I'm clearly an extrovert as well. So then you you throw that into the mix. You know, are extroverts as suited to working remotely as introverts? I don't know the answer to that, but I can imagine an introvert would probably find it easier to kind of sit away on their own with a with some some kind of work streams that they're focusing yeah. on, and kind of plugging away at it. Whereas bury an extrovert in might that. find it a little bit more a little bit more difficult. But you touch on things like instant messaging and, yeah. and stuff like that, and obviously, um, you know, here we are with technology providing such a great opportunity for remote working and such a great opportunity for that kind of because this is all about communication right so yeah. if you're a remote worker you want to you want that communication you want to feel a part of it you want to feel connected to what's happening in the business you want to feel like you've got a line in to get that support um but the, the, the challenges with um the c- communication is nothing is better than face-to-face communication like we're social beings we need that mm-hmm. um and the quality of conversations that you have face-to-face i think are always better than you know, ones that you'll have over a, a chat client or even over the phone as well. Yeah. So I think the challenge with technology is that, you know, we use Slack here, which, right, okay. which is great. And we, yeah. we, we love Slack, but it's very easy for everything to all of a sudden just go through Slack. Yes. Um, so again, I, I think, you know, and you'll hear a lot more from people who are experts in comms around, you know, what to use the likes of Slack for and what yeah. to keep off Slack. But yeah. I think for me, I'll just kind of go off this basic, very basic <laughs> principle of, make sure you get as much face-to-face time in as possible. Okay, so that's like a conscious decision. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if I take my team here, for example, there's five of us now in the people science team. Um, at any given time, all f- uh, we have we have two who are more likely to be, be based in the office more mm-hmm. regularly than the others, but at any given time, all five of us could be in different locations. So it's really important to think about and plan ahead and look at when can I get the one-to-one time with them on a regular basis? When can we get time together as a team? When can we all jump on something like Google Hangout and, or Zoom or whatever to do a face-to-face yeah. um, video call? Um, just making sure that you know the, those, the, those people in the team never feel that sense of isolation. You know, yeah. They've always got that um, kind of constant communication and just it's just creating that feeling as well that you're always there they might not be able to see you but you know they know they can pick up the phone here because it's easy to get that kind of bit of feedback or yeah absolutely direction absolutely yeah, yeah. so um, you know we, we, we obviously continue to have that as a conversation here of you know how do we use kind of communication in the right way because we've got sales guys who are out on the road we've got customer success guys who are out on the road my team are out on the road it tends to be the 
the, develop, the developers, the engineering team, that are the only ones that are here the majority of the time. But then, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, they're traveling more and they're working more remotely as well. So we're constantly learning and looking at ways to make sure yeah. everyone feels a part of it. I, I, I can't stop imagining the developer that you mentioned coding whilst in Disney World. That's where I presume they were in Florida. I imagine they're coding, maybe in the Islands of Adventure or Space Mountain. Key, yeah, you just said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, th- I think I think those those days where he went in the Disney World were the ones where he was spending time with his partner out there, and he was making the most <laughs> of his holiday. I certainly hope so. Yeah. Um, but he was certainly, you know, we were. A, we're, we're small, um, well, we're certainly still small enough to be in, in scale-up mode and, um, you know, we're all kind of hands on deck at times yeah. and it creates such a buzz, but it also, we have this kind of, you know, unwavering passion right across the business that we all want to help to move things forward and get things done. Um, and uh, I think, you know, that, that particular developer saw an opportunity to still um, get a few things done in and around some, some um, you know, um, important holiday time that he had in as well yeah. uh, but obviously you know it's it's great to, for him to be able to use use slack and send us some updates on how his holidays going as oh, well yeah, but sure also to be, yeah exactly <laughs> but also be able to kind of connect in with his team as well and and still be a part of their kind of sprints and their yeah. huddles and things like that to make sure that the team are all together so it's definitely you know something we, we're seeing more here it's something we're seeing more with our customers that more and more people are working remotely and i think you're obviously touching on a really important subject because it is something that we get asked a lot. You know, how do we get people to want to um, take part in engagement surveys when yes. they're working remotely? Because what we see from our own data is that response rates from remote workers tends to be slightly lower okay. than, um, than than from those who are based in the office. Yeah. Um, as are the um, the net, the employee net promoter scores as well. So something we use as kind of like an engagement me- metric, an oh, engagement tracker. For, for many of our customers, it seems to be slightly lower for remote workers. So you're basically highlighting that remote workers um, less typically less engaged than non-remote workers, but we're going to be getting more and more remote workers. Yeah. Here's something we need to solve. Here's a challenge we need to address. Yeah, and that's, you're, you're dead right. That's exactly kind of where it came from. It's, it's kind of identifying that um, almost as well, the employees, you know, thinking of myself as as a consumer of, mm. of working somewhere, that shift is changing. In the B2C world, the business has changed to what the consumer mm. is doing and, and it's kind of understanding from your insight, and it's really exciting where you can kind of agree to be on, is you're, you're working with companies that will see their employees, you know, massive companies that will be see their employees shifting towards either wanting to work remotely or flexibly and you undoubtedly get insight into kind of what those employees are feeding back to their, their companies and, and how those companies are adapting to those demands. So that was kind of, yeah, the, the kernel of the idea to, for the podcast and, and definitely why I kind of want to speak to you is to understand what type of trends and challenges your clients are seeing really. I think if you look at, um, not necessarily just at Hive's customers, but if you look at kind of something like a Glassdoor list of best companies mm-hmm. to work for or if you look at these lists of you know companies that are that are offering the best employee experience to their uh, to their people, you, you know you'll see the likes of Airbnb up there. So yeah. you know really really famous company doing great things. The interesting thing with something like Airbnb is when you look into it is that they so they they started out with um, and I'm no expert on that organ, particular organisation. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is on my own research and, and interest in this topic. The Airbnb when they first set out, they had this idea that 
their people could work from anywhere. Yeah. So as long as you had, you know, they had the equipment, they had, you know, some goals and objectives and a, and a, and a, and a MacBook or, or whatever to be able to get on with their job, then it wouldn't matter whether they were working from a coffee shop in Union Square in San Francisco, whether they were working from the beach in San Diego, uh, wherever, yeah. right? But then what they found was that there was this, this, there was this sense of community that was missing because people didn't have that one location to go to where yeah. they would be with other Airbnbs or whatever yeah. they call their, 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 their people. So it's this idea of my biggest fear is that the more we rely on communication to support remote working, the more we'll lose sight of the fact that, again, I keep coming back to it, that we are social beings that need that face-to-face interaction, like humans crave it, the human brain craves it, when that's never going to change. So we need to figure out ways to support remote working, but without risking or removing that face-to-face conversation and with and and because when we're all so busy and we come back to that at the beginning about this idea of hamster on the wheel right how easy is it to just think you can just ping a message to someone on a whatsapp or a slack or any kind of messenger tool or even just pinging an email that's going to feel so much easier to get catching up with John off your to-do list than picking up the phone and having a conversation with him. Or it's going to feel a lot easier to just ping everyone a a Google Hangout link than arranging a get-together. But but we can't undervalue the importance of the latter. We need to make sure we don't lose that. Yeah, Um, that trade-off, isn't it? Potentially between the ease and the, the... The tick off the to-do list, like catch up with them. It's like right, I sent that message. That's exactly. fine. Rather than spending potentially a bit longer, but maybe getting more quality out of that. Exactly. And, and exactly. Not even really considering the person on the other end of exactly. that. Exactly. Don't be tempted to go for efficiency over experience. That's that's the absolute key to this. So it, it it's always going to feel easier and more efficient to use the technology and support remote working and just do it in the quickest or in easiest way. Yeah. Longer term. You know, we know what the impact of disengagement is. We know what the impact of you know um, losing people and labour turnover is going to be. And if the data is there, telling us that people are um, less engaged when they're working remotely, when they're in when they're in the, uh, in the office environment, we need to address that. Otherwise, we're just going to have more people kind of leaving those roles, uh, and then obviously organisations are going to be looking to kind of replace those. It's going to be an, an absolute nightmare from a talent. Yes. Uh, point of view um, and you know so I absolutely think we need to look at this and think well we need to get the experience right and what's absolutely key to this is making sure that people feel supported and they feel connected to what's going on inside the business another example I can use from um, from our own data and even using Hive's own um, in, insight into our own company culture sure. we have a um, we have a recognition tool right, okay, um, yeah. called High Fives so uh, I can send wherever I am, I can jump on my phone and I can send a high five to anyone in the team for demonstrating one of Hive's values or just generally uh, for doing a great job on something. Yeah. Um, so we then have a, a, a big screen out there in the main, in the main office uh, where you can see almost like a Twitter feed of all of these high fives going through. Okay, yeah. If I was to take you out there now, I'll guarantee that... 75% of the high fives on that board will be between, to and from people who are based in the office yeah. four or five days a week. So it'll be the developers, the customer success guys, the marketing team. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the likes of my team and maybe particularly the sales team are out on the road more often. 
they won't feature on there as much. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that they're not doing great work. It's not to say that the work that we're all doing isn't equally appreciated. Yeah. But it's visibility. Yeah, sure. It's visibility, and and it's it it's just something which I've kind of seen happen organically. And again, you relate this to remote workers. How much easier is it as a manager for you to say, great job on that, or well done, or thanks for your support on that, to someone who's there right in front of you in the office? And by the way, we still know that managers need to do a lot more of that because yeah. the recognition side of things is often the overlooked aspect of engagement. But still, it's, very, it's so much easier for a peer or a manager to thank someone who's there and then rather than to be able to see all of the hard work and effort and, and to just show that appreciation and gratitude to a remote worker. Yeah. Um, so even, even things like that are going to be a challenge that you might feel that you're working remotely and you're putting all of this effort in, but no one's kind of seeing it. No one's really kind of almost appreciating and yeah. understanding what, what you're actually working on, as well as not feeling like you've got that easy kind of line in to just get a bit of support from someone. So I think there are a couple of kind of real key areas there around where the difficulties actually stem from when it comes to working remotely. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that's kind of highlighted to me the kind of a really interesting point where, well, to me it feels that this this kind of this shift towards remote working, I'd maybe not say is, is new or young, but for it to be so commonplace and so widespread, it, it, it does feel quite new. And there's probably a lot of these issues that will kind of cause bigger issues in companies and probably cause different challenges you know I don't know six nine months down the line two years down the line as as things change and going from a majority of workforce that are based in the office five days a week to any variation on that I guess will highlight different things and and for the individual they'll feel differently towards the company yeah absolutely and you that's it's that it's that connection isn't it it's that emotional connection and and almost like the loyalty that you you, you kind of build to a particular brand a particular organization that you're working for that you know is absolutely crucial to engagement and you know again coming back to this risk with remote working the last thing you want is for people to keep saying not feeling a part of it yeah not feeling as big a part of it not feeling that connection because you're not around you're not getting that buzz you're not around all of the other people and seeing all of the different um areas you know that make up a, a business and or you, you don't you don't get that sight and appreciation of what all the others are working on i mentioned yeah, you yeah. don't perhaps people don't get sight of what you're working on but it's also difficult for you to see the other parts of it as well mm-hmm. um and like i say you know for me it, it's 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 that sense of like that isolation that, that buzz i mean i crave walking into this office when i've been out i was in guildford uh for the last two days yeah and yeah i was with one of my colleagues and you know we were we were blasting out the cause on the drive up you know and just <laughs> singing at the top of our voices and you know that, that that that's obviously all all good good times yeah um questionable you know, but yeah question que- yeah questionable song choices but you know um it, it really helps when you're sitting on the M25 and you're going through the typical kind of traffic. But it, it, to, to walk in the office after a couple of days out and just see people that you've not seen since kind of mid last week and stuff like that, it's yeah. just, it's absolutely huge. And, you know, I, 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 I certainly have felt kind of the energy kind of draining out of me sometimes when I've just been sitting working from home because you're just desperate hear someone else's perspectives and stories about what's going on in their, yeah. in their world at the moment and stuff like that. And yeah, that's, no, that's, uh, that's it. It's very true. It's, um, it's, it is, it's a really interesting challenge because, like you say, more and more people are going to be working remotely 
um, and it's something that we need to we need to get right. But I was just just before recording this, was actually speaking with said colleague that loves singing the chorus, and she <laughs> she was telling me that the 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 best working relationship she has from from pr- work, uh, work experience pre hive is um, from a, a team of remote workers that she was oh, really? in, 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 in a hospitality industry, so there's like a, an HR, like L&D team yeah. that were all working and responsible for different hotels around the country. And she said that their relationship um, and, and, and friendships, which they've actually developed from it, um, is it all came through um, how regularly they spoke on the phone and how regularly they made sure they arranged to get together as a team. Yeah. So it just comes back to that, it sounds very simple, but the more you can get your people together, the more you can get your people actually talking and not just using Messenger and email. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting about kind of what you're talking about that experience there in terms of the phone. Because you know, one of the things that we've touched on briefly, and we want to see if you've got any more thoughts on it, is kind of those kind of tools. And in my head, it was it was software. It was stuff like that that would help. Um, managers and, and remote workers, uh, internal comm directors and managers and, and the employees kind of stay engaged and keep the experience positive. Your colleagues are talking about phone, that's an obvious one, but totally <laughs> bypassed my kind of preset list of Slack, uh, <laughs> Zoom or Hangout or anything like that. Obviously the phone. Um, but yeah, I don't know if there's anything you've seen from either Hive or previous experience or, or some of your clients that kind of you've, you've thought yeah that's a really good way to to keep everyone engaged and everyone on the same page not just remote or not just people that are in the office it's, like it's a, just a it, it's just it, it's just about valuing that time honestly and Jack, it, it sounds like a really simple answer to it but if you think about like the one-to-one yeah like the traditional one-to-one catch-up um how often that gets pushed back or gets rescheduled because oh, yeah. of other things that are really busy as soon as you do that you're saying to someone this meeting with such and such or this issue which has come up is more important than your experience of yeah. working here. It's more important than how you're feeling working here. It's more important than your performance. It's more important than your development. It's more important than our relationship as a manager uh, and an employee. As soon as you reschedule that one-to-one once, you've, you've put that into the psychological contract there that this is not as important as other things. Yeah. And, it, and then once you do it once, you'll do it. It's easy, it? it's easy. Once you've once you've done it, that'll be then then be the thing that you reschedule. And I can guarantee you, pretty much every business that's listening to this will will have someone thinking, I've either had multiple one to ones rescheduled, um, or I've rescheduled what my one to ones with my team. But then think about how much easier or more likely it is that man- managers, particularly, are then not going to have those kind of catch ups with the remote workers yeah. as well. Someone's not and on then, the other side of the desk looking at them. Yeah, absolutely. Or just, or just, you know, making sure that, again, you value that time and you really think about what they need and what, what impact that it's going to have to make them feel like they've got that regular support. And obviously with the remote workers, I feel like you do need to think about how regularly you're able to kind of contact and kind of keep in touch with them. You know, it's not just these messenger tools that, you know, um, keeping in touch, you can imagine uh, organisations will use kind of time tracking tools as well for remote workers, so that right. they're able to log what they're working on, yeah. what their priorities are, how much time that they're spending on each one. But what we need to make sure is that those remote workers 
are actually getting those calls of like how are you getting on like you know is there anything you need some support with yeah how are things feeling at the moment um what you enjoying working on what you perhaps not enjoying working on so much they need that as much as the people who are who are there in the office on the day to day and obviously sometimes you know it's easy to if I walk past you and you look visibly frustrated, <laughs> I can see that and then yeah. say to you, Jack, is everything all right? You need a hand with anything? You can't see that when it's a remote worker. Yeah. Um, and we, we all know that, or certainly the data is there as well, that shows that people are far more likely to give support if they're asked for it than they are to actually reach out and ask for support. Right, so yeah. if you've got people all over the place that are willing to give support to others, but are apprehensive about reaching out and asking, asking for support, for What's the, what's the challenge you've got there? You've got people who are perhaps sat at home working remotely, not feeling so great, yeah. feeling like they could do with a chat, feeling like they could do with support, feeling like they need to ask some questions, but perhaps not feeling confident enough on knowing what the right channel is to do it. Yeah. So a lot of it is about education, but the main bit of this is just valuing that conversation and really understanding the importance. So it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's pushing those tools aside isn't it like you, like, you, like you said right at the start it's kind of pushing that tools the software aside it's getting that value and that human kind of craving another human social experience, uh, interaction that kind of would drive that and then it's like right well okay well what's up what's available how's that person preferred to be engaged yeah. with and, yeah. and, and how's most the tools are the how you know that it doesn't matter whether it's slack or, or whatever the tools are the how you know you fundamentally organisations need to ask themselves why is it so important for us to communicate with one another? Yeah. Why do we want to communicate? You know, you know, why is it important for us to have uh, engaged employees? Why is it important for us to deliver a great employee experience and start to build it out from there? The tools and um, the different uh, channels for communication should be what comes after that. Not just, oh, here's a great channel that's going to make yeah. it easier for us to message each other. Let's just procure that and, and introduce it need to start off thinking about you know what that experience should feel like and, and, and asking some of these big questions around the challenges of remote workers, what they need from us. Yeah. And then once you've answered those questions, you then go out and think, well, right, this tool would work well and mm-hmm. it would plug that gap or it yeah. would certainly support that, but we'll also know what's going to be the right way to use this. You know, yes. It's the values and the behaviours that yeah. are going to be really important and then the tools and the the way the way in which we facilitate that should be that should be the second part of it really yeah no that make, makes total sense and i guess it's it's one of those kind of things that you see companies that do well they always start with the why mm-hmm. and the people that maybe don't do so well are the ones that kind of jump straight into the the solution or the tactics or the tools mode and, yeah absolutely yeah. technology is exciting isn't it you know you get a new phone you get it out of the box you want to play with all the features yeah I guarantee you, I don't know half the things that that <laughs> phone does because I don't read the instruction booklet. Yeah, you know, it's, it, we you can we, even make phone calls on that one. You, you just well, <laughs> ju- ju- just about. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not say what the, uh, the the service provider is, but I do seem to get cut off every five seconds on that one. Um, but it, it's it's um, it is an interesting one because the technology, it, it obviously the way in which it's sold, the way in which it's yeah. packaged, it's yeah. exciting. It's you know, everyone's on this kind of digital transformation and they want to use new technologies. Um, but it's it's just taking that step back and thinking about actually what's really important to our people and how do we how do we protect that, how do we kind of nurture that in the right way yeah. rather than just introducing new technologies and new tools, new mechanisms and then kind of further down the line evaluating it and thinking, you know, that, that perhaps hasn't worked so well. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. Awesome. Well, 
coming quite close to the end now, and um, this one is a real brain scratcher. So it's called Remote Controls. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you for your TV streaming <laughs> film recommendations at the minute. Uh, well, that's a really, really good one. Uh, a massive Brooklyn Nine-Nine fan. Oh, yeah? Um, so, I mean, I was even one of those who was kind of up on Twitter when they announced they were cancelling it after season <laughs> five. Uh, but then within 24 hours of so Fox cancelled it, I yeah. think. Uh, yeah, uh, it, was, it was rescued Pick by up. NBC and picked up. So, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, absolutely massive for me. Um, to be honest... My uh, my partner Amy, she uh, she's one of those that by the time we sit down to watch TV, she'll just look for something kind of funny, and that doesn't require kind of engagement, much uh, yeah. engagement of the brain. So we'll end up watching kind of Adam Sandler <laughs> comedies <laughs> and uh, chick flicks and stuff like that. I must admit, I probably sit there and watch them for longer than she was <laughs> enjoying them. But now, from a, from a, from a streaming point of view, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine is huge for me. Um, but at the moment, I've kind of got that typical backlog. Oh yeah, recommendations. Yeah. I think Money Heist is the one. That's oh yeah, been, that's mentioned to me. Uh, yeah. Mentioned to me a few times. Yeah. So I've, I've got that on the list, but um, at the moment I'm kind of open to recommendations from you rather than <laughs> having one that I must recommend. Other oh. than Brooklyn Nine Nine, I think it's a really, really great program. Well, my Netflix list gets added to, and then when I go to watch something, it's never from my list. It's always from something else. From something else. And it's always yeah. half an hour of scrolling, and then you don't have time to watch what you wanted to watch in the first place. Yeah. I must say that the the the, the, the program which has had the biggest impact on me personally and maybe the last three to five years plus was uh, the Ricky Gervais Afterlife oh, right, uh, yeah. show on Netflix yeah. you know just personal experiences with mental health challenges and things yeah. like that I just found the way in which he um, approached and, and um, kind of challenged and, 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 and obviously brought humour yeah. to, that, to that topic as well <laughs> I thought it was really, it, yeah. really powerful. Um, some of the some of the messages in there I thought were really, really yeah. great, and it was really well written. So I'm looking forward to the yeah. second season of that. But he's obviously got that. Uh, he's got that challenge, doesn't he, of making sure that a sequel or a second season can yeah. live up to the first, the first which is something I always find quite difficult. Quite, quite the difference to Brooklyn Nine Nine as well. Yeah, yeah, it is very well. It just shows that diversity, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the hard hitting stuff with the with the with the, with the, with the, with the, the humor and the stuff.